And we continue today, of course, with our series in the book of Genesis. And to read our passage today, I'd, I'd like to invite Sean to read for us. Thank you. Okay, so uh, there's two readings this morning. The first reading is from Genesis 2, um, verses 1 to 3. Starting at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had done, had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And the second reading is from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, brother. It was one of those unbearably hot August days. Wendy and I and five of our children and our dog were standing on the shoulder of the 401. We were unloading our van into two taxis that we had called that would take us to a nearby hotel. We had been in the Ottawa Valley for a few days, a few great days actually, and we were on our way back home, just outside of Belleville. And I knew the car wasn't doing well. I, I knew it. And I knew that some of the lights weren't showing. I, the, the oil pressure light wasn't working. But I drove the thing, and I drove the thing as though it was an unlimited source of oil in my car. There wasn't. And at a certain point, the engine began to grind. The engine ceased. The car stopped. The van was toast. And I think that you and I can relate to that in terms of our own lives. I think when it comes to our lives, we're a little bit more like the van than we care to admit. Hey, we're busy people. We're busy people and we go. Monday comes around, tomorrow you will get up and it's game time, it's go time. And you'll go. You will go hard all week long. And when the weekend rolls around, you're going to crash or you're going to fill your weekend with so many things you wish you had crashed. And then Monday will come. And the cycle begins and repeats itself. And we know there's something wrong. We know there's something wrong. You know, we, we're tired. We're weary. And character flaws like fissures open up and we know that something's missing don't we we do we know that something's missing and what's missing I want to suggest is Sabbath 
What I want to suggest this morning from our passage is that God has given us this gift, this amazing gift for our good. He's given us this thing called Sabbath. He's given it to us not just so it can, you know, push away the weariness and the doldrums and the struggle, but something beautiful, something glorious all in itself. God has given us the gift of Sabbath. And what I want to do this morning with you is I want to just explore for a bit what Sabbath is, okay? And then after we've done that, I want us to get practical. And I want us to think about what it could look like for us to Sabbath. How how do we take advantage of this amazing gift that God's given us called Sabbath? So first, let's... Let's explore this thing called Sabbath, okay? Now, you'll notice in your passage in verse 1 that it says that God had created the heavens and the earth and all their array by this point, okay? So last week we looked at Genesis chapter 1 because we're in a series, a sermon series on Genesis, and we saw God making the earth and and the heavens and the universe, and it's not often that you get to watch an artist in process doing his her work but we we do in genesis chapter one by the end of that day all of creation has been created god has finished everything and he doesn't leave anything to kind of finish up on that seventh day he doesn't tinker with creation on day seven it's done he's finished it he finished the whole thing in six days, and then we're told he rests on the seventh day. So what we know already is that the Sabbath is its a day of rest. In fact, the word Sabbath, the day for rest there, is the word Shabbat. And the word, it, it literally means, it really only means to cease, to stop. To stop what? To stop doing all the stuff that you were, all the work that you were doing on days one to six. That's what the word means. That's really all that it means. It means to stop, to cease, to desist from all the work that you were doing on days one to six. Now, some of you might be saying to yourself right now, well, if I'm supposed to stop from all the work that I'm doing, like, what do I do on that day? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to conceive of a day when we're not doing what we did on those other six days, right? And I think that might be telling that our world is so absorbed with the stuff that we do, the work we do on days one to six, that it's hard to even conceive of a day when we don't do the work that we did on days one to six, yes? But all I want to say right now, all I want to say is this, that the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's a day when we stop doing the work that we've been doing the other six days of the week, okay? That's all I want to show you this morning, at this point. But it's not just a day of rest. It is a one day in seven rest. Now look at the, look at the, look at the scriptures again. It says that God creates the world in six days and he rests 
on the seventh day. Why did God rest? Why did he stop working? It wasn't because he was tired. We know that, right? God's word says that he, he doesn't get, Isaiah 40, he does not get tired or weary. Psalm 121, he doesn't slumber or sleep. Okay, so the reason why God stopped, I hear this, is not because he was tuckered, all right? It's not because he was worn out and needed to sort of recharge himself. He is the, he is the almighty God, the everlasting God. And so, no, it, it wasn't because he was tired. Why? Why would he do that? I think he took Sabbath not for himself, but for you. He takes this break, not break. He rests to set a pattern and a weekly rhythm for us. And we know that in your bulletins, the second text, which is Exodus 20, it says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, your daughter, your animals, or the stranger who is in your gates. Why? Because in six days, God created the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, the seventh day, and made it holy. And so there's the pattern. God works six days. He rests on the seventh And that serves as a pattern for humanity. We work six days, and we rest on the seventh day. Now, you might be thinking, well, why is it that we're meeting here today? Why not yesterday? Why the first day of the week and not the seventh? And all I can say is this, that the law of God, God's word says that we are to rest one day in seven. Okay, that's the command. Traditionally, historically, from the very first century AD, the church has observed Sunday as a day of worship and rest. Okay, this has been the day. And we do that because just like the first day of creation and the day that Christ rose from the grave, defeating sin and death, So too, believers have gathered on the first day of the week for rest, to Shabbat, to Sabbath. And so we rest on that pattern one day in seven. Now, I know that some of you are thinking, well, what if I have to work on that day? That happens. We don't live in a world where it's easy and it's nice where we can take you know, six days, of, we work six days and then take Sunday off together, all of us together at the same time. Many of you have to work. You have to go places. Your work demands it. Listen, I'm working today. It may not seem that way, but I am working. I'm working hard, actually. This is hard work. I work on Sundays. I work on the Sabbath. I'm glad I do. I love it. But I don't practice Sabbath today so much as I do on Friday. I Sabbath on Friday, on Friday. One whole day I take off. I mean, when, I mean, on Thursday night, I'm getting ready. Friday comes, I'm, I'm Sabbathing. 
And I won't go to work or think about work until Saturday. I Sabbath. And I think we have that freedom. I think that if you can't, if you can't Sabbath on the Sabbath, there is freedom to Sabbath at some other point in the week. But I would say do take Sabbath. It's good for you. It's good for you. And I know that some of you who are caregivers are thinking to yourself, well, when do I get to Sabbath? Because I'm always busy with the kids. There's no break and there's no release. When do I get to Sabbath? And I would say, here's where we as a community have got to figure this out. That if there are people in our community who just can't take that break or find that Sabbath because of the demands of their life, then we start to move towards each other and see how we can help them, free them up so that they can Sabbath because this is important now. This isn't just a day of rest and it's not just a one day in seven rest, but it is, it is a day of rest and it is a day unlike all the other days of the week. Okay. It says in our passage that when God rested, it says he, he blessed this day and he made it holy. Now here's where it gets exciting. Okay. That word blessed, we've, we've, we've bumped into it already in Genesis. Do you know where we heard that, that term God blessed? Back in chapter one, when God made the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, it said he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And when it got to human beings, same thing. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and, and rule over creation. And so the way I understand blessing is this. It's a kind of power that God gives to something to fulfill its function. Okay? A kind of power that God in, endows a thing to help it to carry out the purpose for which it was designed. Now, here's what's so cool. Here's what God has done with the Sabbath. He has endowed this day he has given it a kind of power, an ability, so that it can carry out the thing for which it was designed, which is to give you rest. And then God made it holy. And that word holy is such a beautiful word. It's a word where God kind of draws a circle around something and says, this is special. This is special like, like nothing else. This day is different. It is altogether entirely different. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And it is special. It is special to me. And God says, I own this day in a way I don't own the other days, although I own them all. This day is special. It's holy. The Sabbath is not a day off. Day off gets me thinking about work. A day off what? The Sabbath is not a means to an end. It's, it's not a day to recharge our batteries. I mean, I know that happens, but that's not his point. We're not like Tesla charging stations where you kind of drive in, charge up your battery so you can bolt through the next part of the week, right? That's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not a means to an end. The Sabbath is a thing all unto itself. 
It's a complete thing. It's a day that God has separated and set apart to himself. It's a day where he gives us the freedom and the ability to seek him and know him and live Godward lives in a way that we just can't the other six days of the week when we're working. It's a day that God has set aside so that we can, we can enjoy him and this world that he's put us in where we can find delight and pleasure in ways that we just can't the other days of the week. God has just, he's just given us this gift so that we can just turn ourselves to him and this world and the beauty of it and the grandeur of it and just rest. And I mean deeply rest. Not just our bodies, but our bodies for sure. But also our souls. We're talking about the deepest rest possible. That's not the culture we live in, is it? It's not. We live in a culture that tells us that we got to work. You got to go. You got to be productive. Because that's what leads to success, whatever that means. And we admire people like Bill Gates, who in his 20s, the quotes on your bulletin, said, I, I never took a day off in my 20s. And we admire that. We, we admire Elon Musk for the fact that he what rarely sleeps. And we think to ourselves, these guys are successful. Maybe if I just keep going and I keep working, that I'll be successful. But what happens to a culture that never stops and rests? And I mean rests in a way that is Godward. I'll tell you, we grow weary and dismayed and disillusioned and broken and hurting. And that's our culture. And I know that it can be very hard to conceive of this idea of taking one day, one full day, and just using it and enjoying it in the presence of God and, and his creation and doing it in a way that brings such deep rest to our souls. I think God knows this. He knows this about us. And I, I do believe that it was for this purpose that God sent his son into this world, this very busy world, this very tired world. And I believe this, that Jesus Christ worked. He worked hard. He worked like six days of work. And he worked all the way up to a cross. And on that cross, he bore your sins. And on that cross, he bore all of the demands of God for you. And on that cross, he met that instinct with his blood that says, I have got to work to make myself presentable to God. He bore that on the cross. And then in triumph, he said, it is finished. Like God said on the sixth day, it's done. And now there is life. 
And now there is rest. Now there is rest, and it's the deepest rest that you can ever experience because it goes deeper than our bodies. It, it goes all the way deep down into our souls. And that rest is Jesus Christ. And Christ calls you this morning and calls you with the words that were quoted this morning. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find peace for your souls. And when then we have the Sabbath, thank God for the Sabbath. God made this at a time when the world was perfect. And even then, a perfect world needed to Sabbath. How much more in our brokenness do we need to Sabbath? But we find our Sabbath ultimately in Christ as we Sabbath every day. Glory. Let's get practical. What does this look like? How do we actually practice Sabbath? And I'll admit, I, I may sound like a pro, but I'm not. I find the Sabbath a bit like a hammock. It, it, they're great once you get into them. What I want to give you is a kind of liturgy this morning. Just words, bullet point words, that I hope will act as a kind of liturgy for your week and for your Sabbath particularly. And the first, the first is this, trust. I don't think it's an accident. At the beginning of our passage, verse 1, it says that, that thus God finished all the work of creation in six days. And I think that's there for us to remember who God is. Who is God? He made the world in six days. He made the universe in six days. We're talking about a sovereign God. And if you don't believe that God is sovereign, you will not dare take Sabbath. You will try to be God. You will try to rule and control your world, and you will have very little rest, if none. I talked with my neighbor this week. It was Friday. I was taking my Sabbath. He asked me, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking my Sabbath. What's that we got talking? I don't know where he is on his spiritual journey. But I described my day, and he said, I, I could never do that. Why not? Too many things to do. An incredibly anxious guy. Incredibly. I said, listen, can I just pray for you? He said, sure. No, I mean now. And so I did. I prayed for him that he would know Sabbath. And I mean deep Sabbath. You know? Not just the day, but the Sabbath of God in Jesus Christ. I get him. I get him. I mean, there are times when I approach Sabbath. What about you? And you're just thinking about all the things that you've got to do, you have to do, as though the world depends on you. And I would say that Sabbath begins with trust. It begins by remembering that you're not God. God is God, and he's got the whole world in his hands. He's controlling it. He sent his son to die for your sins, to bring you to himself. You can trust him. A second word, 
Anticipate. Anticipate. You know, I was doing some research this week, and I discovered that with many Jews, they call the Sabbath the queen of the week. The queen of the week. And, and they, they see the Sabbath as this royal figure. And so they get themselves ready. Wouldn't you? If the queen was coming, whichever country that is, by the way. And it's just this idea that this amazing day is coming. And, and we have got to get ready for it. We've got to prepare. And they do. They get the food ready. They, they think about the meals, all the feasts. They think about going to, to, uh, to worship. They think about spending time today uh, in their day and talking. And the whole day just getting ready and thinking about anticipating Shabbat. Imagine that. What if we were to do the same thing? What if we were to think of Shabbat like royalty? The, the queen is coming. The queen is coming. And we were to think differently about the day. And I mean like really thinking and planning for what the day is going to be. And not just letting it happen. Because if you let things happen, something always will take you away. But I mean actually thinking, dreaming about what you want this day to look like. A day when you are just in a way like no other, just freed up to spend time before the presence of God, enjoy him, enjoy the world that he's put you in, and not stress and not think and not worry about the other six days of the week and the work. But just to rest. Anticipate. And then I would say experiment. Experiment. One of the great things about the Christian faith and about the cross is that we don't have to prove anything. We don't have to work and gain our value by what we do. We're free to explore. We're, we're, we're free to splash around. Sabbath is a bit like an art. and It takes a while to cultivate this art. But you begin. You begin. And so what could it look like? What do you want the day to be? What, what, what could this day look like for you? What would allow you, enable you to I mean, rest and reap, rest deep down? And so we experiment. Fourth thing is this, delight. The day is a day of delight. Isaiah 58, God calls us to say to the Sabbath, this day is a delight. It's not a burden. It's a gift that God has given to human beings. And it's a gift that he wants us to just enjoy and delight in and not do our own thing, it says in that passage, which means, I guess, doing the work of other days. They can be put aside because we're trusting God, because we're planning and we're, we're thinking about what the day is going to be. We're experimenting, but... At the end of the day, it's got to be a day of delight. A day of delight. Think about it. What could that look like for you? What could it look like for you to just pursue pleasure and delight on this day in a way that you just cannot on other days? You know? It might mean for us here on Sunday, we're, we're gathering for worship. We're feasting with the Lord's Supper. We're eating together. It might mean that we are walking around in creation, and I mean 
taking the time to really take it in and not wondering about what's next or what's happening around me in my life that I've got to take care of, but taking a moment to smell the flowers and watch the bugs and be amazed by God's creation. It might look like making an amazing meal. It might look like that and not just gobbling it down and running off, but just taking the time and eating before the presence of God with thanksgiving and saying, this is amazing. It's amazing what you have made. It might mean napping and thanking God for that. I mean, what could it look like for you to set aside a whole day, a whole day for God, a day that he has singled out for you? For your good. Because he made it for you, not for him. The Sabbath was made for you, not you for it. And what could it look like to experience this kind of rest in a world that tells us to go and in a heart that tells us to go and not stop? Because who you are and your value depends on your success. It doesn't. It depends on the success of Christ who lived for you, who worked for you, who finished that work of redemption for you and calls you into his rest and says, now, come in Sabbath. Come away in Sabbath with me and feel and find real rest. Now, I've got time for questions. Before I answer some of your questions, and I, I hope we have a good conversation this morning, I want to pray for you. And if you think about it, pray for me, would you? Because I need rest. Father in heaven, thank you this morning for the Sabbath, the rest of God. Thank you that you worked, but you rested. Thank you that you set in motion from the beginning. One day in seven, that would be holy to you. A thing in itself, all for you and us. We pray, Father, that you'll teach us how to grow in the art of Sabbath. And we pray, Father, that you'll help us to take steps, even if they're little steps, to just put the demands, the just demands of other days aside. And give ourselves to you and to this beautiful world you've put us in. And Lord, that we would find rest on the deepest and most enduring level. And Father, that that rest would serve as a light to our city. A light, Father, to a city that is busy and weary, and is not finding the rest it's seeking. Help our lives to point to Christ, the one who worked and who rested for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.